It's Thursday, April the 23rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, American states ease restrictions and remittances collapse. First, the world in brief. Half a dozen mostly southern states in America began to allow more businesses to reopen, including gyms and hair salons. President Donald Trump has encouraged states to lift lockdown measures, but health officials remain cautious. Robert Redfield, the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, warned of a resurgence of COVID-19 infections and emphasized the need for social distancing. An American physician who led the government's effort to develop a vaccine for the coronavirus said he was removed from his post for having questioned the use of anti-malarial drugs as a treatment for COVID-19. Dr. Rick Bright was reassigned, he says, for resisting politically motivated efforts to foist hydroxychloroquine and related medicines on the public as a panacea. The World Bank predicted that remittances around the globe would fall by over $100 billion in 2020 to $445 billion, a 20% drop compared with 2019. Millions of migrant workers are seeing their wages cut or disappearing completely as the coronavirus hits the economy. Last year, remittances overtook foreign direct investment as the largest source of overseas financing for poor countries. Delta made a net loss of $534 million in the first quarter of this year, its first such in five years. The world's biggest airline is the first major carrier to report earnings since the pandemic. Bosses at the American firm expect results in the second quarter to be even worse, warning of a 90% expected fall in revenue. Turkey's central bank cut interest rates for the eighth time in a row to help the ailing economy limp through the coronavirus crisis. The benchmark rate was reduced from 9.75% to 8.75%, a deeper cut than forecast. The move put further downward pressure on the lira. The IMF expects the Turkish economy to contract by 5% this year. Donald Trump tweeted that he had told America's Navy to shoot down and destroy any Iranian gunboats that harass our ships at sea. The warning came a week after a close encounter between 11 such Iranian vessels and American warships in the Gulf. Meanwhile, Iran announced that it had launched its first military satellite into orbit. And Islamist militants killed more than 50 people in the province of Cabo Delgado in northern Mozambique. Victims were beheaded or shot after some refused to join the militants, according to police. No one has taken responsibility for the attack, but a group that calls itself Al-Shabaab is active in the area. And now, here's today's agenda. Stay out, Trump's immigration ban. It is a familiar pattern. Donald Trump announces a maximalist position, everyone starts shouting, he walks part of it back. On Monday night, Mr. Trump tweeted he would suspend immigration to protect American workers and save Americans from the invisible enemy, COVID-19. The announcement caught much of his administration off guard. Tuesday night brought some clarity. Mr. Trump's administration will stop issuing most permanent residency visas for 60 days. On Wednesday, the president signed an executive order to that effect. But visas will still be issued to guest workers, such as those working in agriculture, as well as to essential workers, including those in healthcare and close relatives of immigrants already in America. A brief ban on green card issuance may have little tangible effect on immigration levels, and it remains unclear whether the president can unilaterally halt immigration. But it signals Mr. Trump's readiness to once again make immigration central to his presidential campaign. 
Miracles on the Han, South Korea's economy. South Korea's best-known miracle was economic, growing from rags to riches in a generation. Its latest was epidemiological, reducing coronavirus infections from a daily peak of more than 900 in February to only eight yesterday. Unfortunately, it could not achieve that epidemiological success without damaging the economy. Figures released today revealed that GDP shrank by 1.4% in the first three months of this year, compared with the previous three months, its sharpest fall since 2008. To help protect jobs and businesses, the government has already passed one supplementary spending package worth about 0.6% of GDP and proposed two others worth a combined 5% of GDP. Further stimulus will be helped by the recent parliamentary election, which gave the party of President Moon Jae-in and its ally the bumper majority it needs to pass bills quickly. Despite the pandemic, turnout at the election exceeded 66%, the highest in 28 years. Another miracle. After lockdown, showdown. The EU's recovery programme. Earlier this month, the Eurozone's finance ministers stayed up all night to finalise a €540 billion, Euro, $587 billion plan to help governments and companies weather the coronavirus crisis. That was the easy bit. This afternoon, the European Union's 27 heads of state and government, meeting via video link as the European Council, will try to resolve the much thornier issue of how to fund Europe's recovery. France, Italy and Spain have all urged Germany to relax its traditional hostility towards debt mutualisation, but Angela Merkel, Germany's Chancellor, fears jointly guaranteed corona bonds would take too long to establish and run into legal difficulties in her country and elsewhere. If a compromise is to be found, it may involve re-engineering the EU's seven-year budget to issue bonds that could fund green, digital and other investments worth perhaps €2 trillion. But success is hardly guaranteed, and virtual fireworks cannot be ruled out. Gastronomical distancing, Ramadan At least there will be no restaurants to tempt the faithful. Tonight, the world's 1.8 billion Muslims will start Ramadan, a month's holiday of prayer and dusk-to-dawn fasting. It will be the strangest one in living memory. Imams in Egypt will not gather for a traditional celebration after spotting the crescent moon, which marks the new lunar month. Mosques will be empty. Nightly taraweh prayers have been cancelled. Iftar, the fast-breaking meal at sunset, will be downsized, no large crowds or lavish buffets. This will hit the Middle East's poor, who often rely on free communal iftars. Charities are trying to organise home delivery instead. Perhaps the one taste of normality will be television. Arab channels air dozens of big-budget series during Ramadan, one episode each night. Directors have scrambled to finish shooting amid lockdowns. Egypt exempted the shows from curfew, calling them an essential service. Viewers trapped at home will no doubt agree. Small comfort, Unilever during coronavirus. Unilever's first quarter results are out today and they are likely to be a mixed bag. Profits from the world's largest soap maker might be expected to soar given the need for cereal handwashing triggered by the outbreak of COVID-19. Even so, only some of the Anglo-Dutch consumer goods giants more than 400 brands are doing well. Others have suffered as much as any others from measures required by government-imposed lockdowns. Food sales to restaurants are likely to have slumped, ditto consumption outside the home of Ben & Jerry's, 
Magnum and other ice cream brands. So are sales of its expensive beauty products, shunned by worried consumers cooped up at home. Coronavirus is not good news for Unilever, says Alan Jope, the company's boss, but the venerable conglomerate has the advantage that a drop in revenue from one line of products can at least partly be offset by a rise in another. Finally, here's the quote of the day from William Wordsworth, who died on this day in 1850. Minds that have nothing to confer find little to perceive. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.